1: Which teams on the Dolphins 2023 schedule can boast a secondary as robust as the Dolphins? That is our discussion here today on this episode of Locked on Dolphins.
2: You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with Joe Marino. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today is Monday, June 19th, 2023. And today on the show, we are starting a series that is committed to the Dolphins and their scheduled opponents for the 2023 season and comparing certain components of the roster against those opponents to see where the Dolphins stack in relation in each of the position rooms across their roster, to those 2023 opponents. Want to give a special shout-out to our everydayers. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. The Dolphins, of course, the strength of this team, defensively for the past several seasons, at, at least based on where the Dolphins have spent their money, they have aspired to be a team with a strong secondary, with the cornerback pairing of Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. And, of course, Byron Jones didn't play last year, but the investment was still there. And then having success kind of stumbling into nickel players, having the safety room with two top 100 picks with Javon Holland and Brandon Jones, it became very clear. And, and looking back, at the even... The 2019 roster and comparing it to the current day roster, which we did just a couple days ago, the secondary was the one area of this team that was a strength relative to the rest of the roster. So Miami has historically had a robust secondary. So what we are doing today is we're looking at the Dolphins secondary and comparing it to the other teams on the schedule. And if you've been following Locked On Dolphins for any period of time, you kind of know the drill. If not, if you're new to the program, first of all, welcome. We're putting players in buckets, roster cornerstones, quality starters, adequate level starters, quality depth players, replacement level players, rookies, incomplete evaluations, and so on all the way down the list. And Joe Marino and I, for Locked On NFL Scouting for the past two months, have been looking at each one of these teams individually, a team a day, and putting all the players on all the rosters into buckets. And there's kind of a scoring system that comes with that, and it gives you a chance to quantify the caliber of the rosters. Well, for the secondaries across the entire league, we're looking at CBs one through four, and you're looking at the top three safeties. So you're looking at seven positions, the top seven positions, strictly from the aspect of how talented are they? And for the Dolphins, that's where this conversation becomes very interesting because you have Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard and Cater Kohu, potentially, or Cam Smith or Nick Needham. There's a robust amount of cornerbacks available to you. And then at safety, you have Javon Holland and Brandon Jones and Deshaun Elliott, a little bit more cut and dry in the secondary, but but to define this Dolphins group, you you have to put those players respectfully in their own standard buckets, and, and I think the Dolphins have uh, a pretty unique case and, uh, and situation. There's only a handful of secondaries across this entire league that have more than one cornerstone player in them. In the grading that Joe and I did based off of last year's NFL film, the Dolphins are one. Javon Holland and Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey, of course, a new addition, being roster cornerstones for this team. Uh, give them a pairing that you see the Baltimore Ravens with Marcus Williams and Marlon Humphrey have, the Denver Broncos with Patrick Sertain and Justin Simmons have, the Bills with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, and there's a little bit of an asterisk with that one because Hyde is coming off of a, a neck injury last season, and Poyer, you know, slowed down quite a bit playing through injuries last year, and both of those guys are getting up there in age. You're mindful of the age component for Jalen Ramsey, but there's been no signs of truly slowing down. Like, that's the extent of two cornerstone players in your secondaries. It's a pretty exclusive club, and the Dolphins are in it. So that automatically gives you a leg up, and then you have a young player like Cater Kohu who... We'll see where he ultimately lands. You have a player with a lot of ceiling in Cam Smith. You have Zavian Howard on the other side who grades out as a quality starter. I put Zavian Howard and Cater Kohu in quality starter buckets. Cam Smith, of course, a rookie. Uh, and then Brandon Jones is a player who I, I think is an adequate level starter as the baseline. I think there is some ceiling there to, to potentially tap into in coverage. He was... Uh, not the most diverse safety coming out of Texas uh, in the Big 12. I certainly think he's shown some signs of growth. And then I have Deshaun Elliott as a quality depth player. So what's interesting is if you look at the ceilings of the players, I, I think the starting five in nickel are all adequate starters or better. I've got two cornerstones, two quality starters, and an adequate starter. And then you have a second-round pick rookie in Cam Smith, and Deshaun Elliott is, a, a I think, an ideal third safety. That gives the Dolphins a very high floor, and that doesn't even get into the depth, right? We're not factoring the depth in for this exercise. But it gives the Dolphins a defined high floor that all of the starters, when you're in nickel, the expectation is that they are adequate starters or better. They are net positive players for you. Again, you can go through the list and only identify a handful of teams that can make that same kind of claim when I have all the teams up in front of us. But our objective is to look at just the teams on the schedule and say, okay, who are the teams that the Dolphins are scheduled to play? How good is their secondaries? And where do the Dolphins rank relative to their peers? And we'll do that with each position room. And the goal is we're going to put some points onto that. And at the end of the rainbow here, you'll get a chance to stack all the points together just to see effectively a a roster power rankings based off of each position room. But we have to start with the class below. And and there is uh, a number of secondaries that I I think are a class below what the Dolphins have assembled. And we're going to talk about that next here on this episode of Locked On Dolphins. But before we do, Baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to a $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet with FanDuel doesn't hit, how's that for a home run? So don't miss your chance to snag that no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up FanDuel, the official partner
0: Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary
1: by state. The units that are a class below, uh, I think I will read them first. And it's about half the schedule. The Dolphins play, oh boy, I'm going to do the math on the spot here. This is always dangerous. Uh, 14 teams in total. Right? You have 17 games. Three of those games are double-dipped with divisional opponents. You have 14 opponents. You put the Dolphins in there, that gives you a grand total of 15 teams. With the scoring methodology that we have adopted for this exercise of putting players into cornerstones and quality starters and so on, just looking at the raw numbers of what all of your player grades add up to, there's a group of six that is an upper echelon, and then there's a group of nine who I think are the have nots in this specific conversation. Not saying that these teams are not good teams or, in some cases, Super Bowl contenders or defending Super Bowl champions. It's just the secondary, specifically in a vacuum. Uh, they are not as strong as the other six teams. Those teams, the Washington Commanders, The Las Vegas Raiders, the New York Giants, the New England Patriots, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Carolina Panthers, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Tennessee Titans. I think those are the teams that are kind of a class below where the Dolphins and their contemporaries are. Um... And what we'll do is we'll go through each one of these teams very quickly and just kind of talk about the dynamics so that you can be as familiar with the Dolphins' opponents at the end of this series as you possibly can be. Washington, the first team on this list, uh, they, they don't have anybody graded as a quality starter they don't have, or better. Uh, they have two adequate level starters, Cameron Curl at safety and Kendall Fuller, who ideally I think probably plays inside and but they they drafted a corner in the first round in Emmanuel Forbes and he's going to start. And in the second round they drafted a safety nickel hybrid type in Quan Martin. They have a couple of incomplete evaluation players and young players like Derek Forrest and Benjamin Saint Juust and Jeremy Reeves as a career special teams guys. Their third safety. So they have two two adequate level starters, two rookies, and an incomplete evaluation in their their starting five. Contrast that to Miami. Two cornerstones, two quality starters, and an adequate level starter. It obviously paints a a pretty profound picture of where Washington is at with their individual build of the secondary. Now, Tennessee, uh, they do have a cornerstone. I actually think this safety room's pretty good. Uh, Kevin Byard and Imani Hooker. Byard is a cornerstone. They asked him to take a pay cut this year. He rightfully said no and told him to kick rocks. And then Imani Hooker uh, has gotten paid – But as a mid-round pick out of Iowa, uh, he's a fairly versatile player who has made a lot of splash plays. Uh, The depth behind those two is a couple of UDFAs from last year's draft, so they don't have depth. But the top two, if you're you're counting the starters, is Bayard and Hooker, uh, is a really good group. I'd say probably on the whole it's marginally better. Uh, than what Miami has at just the safeties, but the corners is where Miami has a big edge with Christian Fulton, Sean Murphy, Bunting, and Roger McCreary as as Tennessee's top three corners. Uh, Fulton, third-year player, uh, kind of coming into his own, but still not a plus starter. Roger McCreary was a very man-heavy player coming out of Auburn, uh, but from an athletic profile perspective, I, I would say he's an above-average athlete, but not a special athlete, and he's a little undersized, lacks length, and then Sean Murphy Bunting is a career nickel player. So uh, those are two of those bottom teams. Our next team up on the list, I'm working alphabetically from the bottom, Philadelphia. Might be surprised to hear Philadelphia's name in here, and I I think they can certainly play their way out of it, but it's going to come with a couple of incomplete evaluation players kind of fortifying the ranks for Philadelphia. Uh, Darius Slay is a cornerstone-type corner. James Bradbury last year played like a quality starter. So your outside corners are kind of in the same stratosphere as what Miami's top two corners are. And in the nickel, you have Avante Maddox, who I think is a adequate-level starter. But your safety room, Reed Blankenship, Terrell Edmonds, and Sidney Brown as a rookie... Uh, is just a little bit too incomplete of a picture. Reed was was a UDFA out of Middle Tennessee State who I really liked and lo and behold was not surprised that he had success with Philadelphia as a UDFA. But uh, you're going to need a bigger sample size before we're ready to put a UDFA who's a, an adequate slash average athlete into a lofty bucket. So it kind of gives you an incomplete grade there. And then Sidney Brown obviously is a plus, plus, plus athlete but hasn't played any snaps yet. So that kind of prompts Philadelphia versus Miami. I think you have more answers. And even if you don't, if you point to Cam Smith and you say, well, we, we really don't know, we Cam Smith, you're right, we don't. But you also have Nick Needham in the ranks, and, and he's been an adequate level starter at of the last few years. So if that's your fourth corner instead of Cam Smith, you know, I actually think that would probably help the Dolphins grade even more. I have Cam Smith in that spot right now as a net zero player because we don't know if he's a net positive or net negative player as a rookie. The Eagles don't have somebody that you could fill in behind as your fourth safety, and that's why Philadelphia, with the, the raw score of this safety evaluation for them, uh, checks in just a touch off the pace. The New England Patriots, their best cornerback is Christian Gonzalez, probably, uh, and he was, well, their best cornerback is Jonathan Jones, and he's a nickel player, and uh, they're paying him a pretty penny to stay in the nickel. I think Kyle Duggar's a quality starter as well. I think those two guys are quality starters. Uh, but then you have Jack Jones as a second-year player, and he was just arrested this past week with a, a gun charge at the airport. Uh, Christian Gonzalez as a top-20 rookie who hasn't played any snaps yet. And then they lost McCordy. So you have Adrian Phillips is your next best safety, and he's been fine. But, yeah, I think he's an adequate-level starter, so... I think New England has this weird mix of like their most impactful players are their strong safety and their nickel. Where their outside corner, we have no clue what he's going to be. Uh, then you have some other young players like Marcus Jones, Jack Jones, who were rookies last year. Uh, Jabril Peppers, who's been a little bit more of a depth player. Is he going to push for a starting role in the secondary? I just think there there's too many incomplete pictures and a little bit too much youth for New England to put them in the group of the halves. And the Dolphins versus the teams on the Dolphins secondary. Uh, Our next team is the Los Angeles Chargers. And this team's got some players. Um, Asante Samuels, a stud, rising young star player in the league. Put him a quality starter right now. If he plays like he did last year, would not be surprised to see him get into the cornerstone bucket. Uh, Derwin James, obviously his success speaks for itself. And then Michael Davis, the other corner there, played a really good game against the Dolphins last year. Big, long, physical guy. Uh, Have always kind of had an affinity for him as a player, and and last year it felt like it really clicked into place. J.C. Jackson is the other corner, the third outside corner there. Uh, Obviously a big money player, but he objectively did not play well last year uh, outside of that New England system. But I think safety is the spot that really hurts the Chargers and prevents them from getting into the group of the halves. Uh, They had Nasir Adderley retire. They didn't really replace him with anybody. They have JT Woods as a second-year player out of Baylor and Alohi Gilman, who's been a career special teams player and a below-average athlete. Like Those are your second and third safeties to go with Derwin James. And heaven forbid if Derwin James misses time, I think that would really hurt your group as a whole. Uh, And then even in the slot in the nickel, Jasir Taylor right now. Uh, player who has not played a lot of snaps. So I think there's a, a, questions with about half the spots in the Charger secondary. The Raiders, uh, I'll say this. I did the Raiders evaluation, and I asked myself out loud, what are we doing with this roster? Uh, the corners, David Long, Duke Shelley, Amik Robertson are the, the top non-nickel players. I think they're all quality depth players. I don't think there's an adequate starter-level player or better in the Raiders' cornerback room. So that's a hard pass. Uh, The Chiefs have a lot of youth. I'm going to read some names. Jalen Watson, Trent McDuffie, Brian Cook, Joshua Williams. Those are four of the seven players we're evaluating for the Chiefs, and they're all second-year players. And they played relatively well in spurts last season. But they're just... Incomplete evaluations because of how young they are and and Kansas City kind of gradually elevating them. They lost Juan Thornhill, the the free safety and free agency. So elevated roles for some of these guys, and I think they'll stabilize themselves just fine, Uh, but not quite enough experience for me to put them into that upper echelon group. Who did I forget? The Carolina Panthers. J.C. Horn, former top 10 pick quality starter, had a nice bounce back after missing his rookie season. Uh, Jeremy Chin and Von Bell. Uh, Chin as kind of a nickel safety hybrid type Von Bell, was kind of low key, good signing and free agency. But their free safety, their guy who's in the high post, it's either Jamie Robinson a rookie or, or Xavier Woods, I think is, is a modest player. I think there's a reason why he's kind of bounced around as many teams as he has across the league. And the other corner is Dante Jackson who's a little bit more undersized and then CJ Anderson who is a former top 10 overall pick who uh, hasn't materialized and, and struggled in coverage. So we did the Titans, the Eagles, the Panthers, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Giants for the team that we skipped. I knew I missed one. Giants have kind of hodgepodged it together here in my eyes. Uh, Dory Jackson is back. He's been a successful player as an outside corner. They have a first-round pick in Deontay Banks, who's probably going to be the other corner. They've kind of played merry-go-round and musical chairs with a nickel. They drafted Cordell Flott in the second day of the 2022 draft as a really undersized player. Uh, But Darnay Holmes probably has an inside edge to keep that nickel spot regardless. A familiar face is at free safety now in Bobby McCain. Bobby left... Uh, and, and played Washington last season and left and assigned with the Giants. I think it's a nice compliment to Xavier McKinney, but uh, Bobby's limitations are what they are. I think he's an adequate level starter. I think the lack of ball production really showed up, and the inconsistencies as a tackler are a hard pill to swallow in the secondary. So uh, I think in, ir- irregularity at corner, at, at the nickel spot, I think there's a bit of a glass ceiling over Bobby McCain. Now Xavier McKinney I have as a quality starter, Dory Jackson I have as a quality starter. We have no clue what Deontay Banks is going to be, and uh, this roster overhaul for the Giants is still pretty fresh, so depth is not a strength. So those are the teams on the Dolphins' schedule this upcoming season that I regard as have-nots versus the upper echelon, similar-tier secondaries or potentially better secondaries than the Dolphins'
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Obviously a name that everybody's expecting to hear on this list is the New York Jets. Uh, I do think the Jets have a very gifted secondary Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. I actually think the secondary is the straw that stirs the drink for the entire defense uh, for New York. They, they rotate so many bodies up front. Uh, their linebacker plays good. They have fast linebackers, but it's really the secondary that I think sets everything into place. And, and on the outside with DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, I've Gardner already as a roster cornerstone, despite of only being a one year player. And DJ Reed is a quality starter. I think he's pretty underrated across the likes of the league. Jordan Whitehead at free safety, I think, is a quality starter as well. Uh, The Jets were given two other adequate starter grades for their starting five in nickel. Michael Carter, uh, the nickel, two who knows him well. He ran him him over. And then Adrian Amos, uh, the other one, who's a a recent free agent signing uh, out of Green Bay. So the Jets have adequate starters or better. One cornerstone, two quality starters, two adequate starters, and then a couple of appropriate depth players. Do I think they're equal footing with the Dolphins? No, I do think the Dolphins have more depth. And of course, we gave the, uh, another cornerstone grade out. I know what the passer ratings allowed and the pro football focus grade said last year. I don't care. The entire body of work and the film, I think the Jets are in a similar tier but I do think they're a half-step behind Miami as it pertains to to comparing their secondary to the Dolphins. Don't tell Jets fans that, though, because they're ready to go win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens, this was a team that was already mentioned, had multiple cornerstones in the secondary. I think that puts them in a similar bucket and tier than the Dolphins. Uh, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Williams, your two cornerstone players in that secondary. Kyle Hamilton is a second-year player who... Would like to just get a little bit more from before I firmly put him in a bucket, but if I had to put him in a bucket right now, I think he's a quality starter. Uh, Thought he really showcased his versatility down the stretch, and there was much ado about his ability to play coverage and match against wide receivers in one-on-one, but that's not what you drafted Kyle Hamilton to do, and Baltimore played that way when they started playing for keeps. They've Rocky Sin at the other outside corner spot. I think that other outside corner spot could be a problem. For Baltimore, we'll see late in the season if Miami could take advantage of that. But it's right now it's Rocky Sin or Caillou Blue Kelly. Caillou Blue Kelly is a, a rookie. Rocky Sin kind of bounced around a couple teams after being an early pick by the Colts. I think he's an adequate level starter. I think he's overly physical. I don't think he transitions particularly well. I think he gets a little grabby at the top. And then their nickel spot, something they're going to have to figure out as well, whether that is Kyle Hamilton or their third safety in Geno Stone. Uh, Brandon Stevens, uh, DeMarion Williams right now are the names that are kind of in the running for the nickel. I think that's the soft spot, and I do think that soft spot does keep the Ravens as well a step below the Dolphins. The Denver Broncos, we also mentioned this team is a team that had multiple cornerstone players uh, between Justin Simmons, who's one of the best top three safeties in the NFL, and uh, Patrick Surtain, the second. Uh, we obviously are very familiar with the name Sertain and all of that entails the cornerback position. I would say that um, those two is as impressive of a one-two punch as you can get. I think those two as a safety corner combo are on the same footing as as Jalen Ramsey and Javon Holland, and I would actually argue that the uh, accolades probably, Simmons is similar accolades as Ramsey. Uh, I would say Sertain is probably a little bit more firmly nationally recognized as a, a hallmark player versus Javon is to this point. I do think that will change a little bit this year, though, because uh, I think Javon's going to be in more of a position to make plays on the ball. Uh, but similar to Baltimore, I do think there's a, a lack of completeness to this secondary that keeps them from being on equal footing to the, um, to the Dolphins. Uh, Damari Mathis right now is the other... Outside corner, or Riley Moss. So either a rookie or Damari Mathis, who popped quite a bit uh, intermittently throughout the course of the year last year. Uh, And then they have an aging other safety in Kareem Jackson. How well is he going to stick onto his ceiling or, or sustain his floor as an aging player? I think that's a question that Denver has to have answered. So I I do think Denver, because of the lack of completeness, even though they have as impressive or maybe even marginally more impressive one-two punch at the top, I think the Dolphins' secondary paints a much more complete picture. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys are the next team on the list, and Dallas has uh, about as complete of a group as you could ask for. Uh, I would actually say that this group compares very favorably to Miami from a... uh, fully comprehensive schedule or fully fully comprehensive group Tr- Trayvon Diggs is a ball Hawk outside corner uh, he's a bit of a risk taker but I think that will be amplified in a good way when you pair it with Stefan Gilmore who's the other outside corner here now Gilmore at this stage in his career is probably more of a quality starter than he is a cornerstone uh but still obviously very technically profound and and uh high football IQ player Deron Bland played the nickel for them last year as a, as a rookie and it really blew the doors off the opportunity. If I had to put him in a bucket right now, he's probably an adequate starter, but if he plays like he did down the stretch last year, you, you can make a case 12 months from now to put him in a quality starter bucket. Um, Malik Hooker is the highest free safety. And then Donovan Wilson with J Ron curse as the third safety for Dallas. I just think it's, there's a lot of depth there. I think the interchangeability with Wilson and curse is, is really nice. And, Hooker's a little bit more of the high post, middle of the field when they go cover three, uh, middle of the field player. So Dallas has a cornerstone, two quality starters, three adequate level starters, and then a quality depth player in Jordan Lewis. So um, I would not quite put them in the complete picture as high up as the Dolphins. Uh, but I think that's the most complete secondary aside of the Dolphins is that we've talked about thus far, which brings us to the last team. And from a purely scoring the buckets that these players are in, this this secondary does score fractionally better than Miami's, but I'm going to put an asterisk on that because, you know, I, I think there's some context here that's important. It is the Buffalo Bills. Tredavious White, Kair Elam is a first-round pick. Teron Johnson is a nickel safety hybrid type. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer both both back this year at safety. Uh, Taylor Rapp they brought over from the Rams in a really good value signing. It was less than $2 million on a one-year deal, and he's an adequate level starter as the third safety behind Hyde and Poyer. And then Christian Benford is the third outside corner, and he was a rookie last year out of Villanova and facilitated playing a lot of reps and played well when he played. But I will say this for the Bills. How well does Hyde bounce back from missing effectively all of last year? He played like 100 snaps with a neck injury. How much juice does Jordan Poyer have back in the bunch? And will Trey White get back to the fully healthy 100% mobility? He played last year in the back half of the season, but he didn't always necessarily play great because he was coming back from an ACL injury. So if you tell me Hyde and Poyer show their age a little bit, I don't think this is a better secondary than the Dolphins. And right now I think it's in the same tier as Miami, but I, I think that you know Hyde and Poyer, when they are healthy, is an elite safety combination, especially for the quarters-based defense that you see so much of Buffalo play. They have a competent uh, nickel uh, against the run, but I, I think is a good run-pass hybrid player in Teron Johnson. Trey White, when he's fully healthy, is a top 10, top 15 corner in the NFL. And then two couple of young guys in Elam and Benford that are going to continue to grow into their roles. And, and the third safety edition of Taylor Rapp is uh, a really nice and impressive addition as well. So uh, I would say the best three, if you put the Dolphins on that list, and it's the Dolphins and all of their opponents is effectively half the league, 15 teams. The three best secondaries graded in this exercise are Buffalo, Miami, and Dallas. I don't think any of them is head and shoulders above Miami. I think Miami has a firm case as the most deep out of any of the secondaries included. And I don't have the same questions with the Dolphins secondaries I do with Buffalo's with, can our 30 something year old safeties still go at the level that we need them to when both of them were injured and one of them missed almost the entire season. That's my thoughts on the Dolphins' secondary relative to their 2023 opponents. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Make sure you hit subscribe. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I will be back again tomorrow. We are going to be tackling another position group, so plan accordingly. We hope to see you then. Make it a great rest of your day. I'm Kyle Krabs, and I'm out of here. Fins up. Peace.